Let's give the Lord praise tonight, everybody. All over this house, let's give him praise. He's worthy of it. You ought to clap your hands and lift your voices as loud as you can and give him praise. There's nobody like Jesus. And he's in this room tonight. Anybody glad to be at peak on a Thursday night? First of all, let me say thank you to the Youth Council for their trust and confidence in allowing me this privilege of standing before you. I count it as one of the greatest privileges that I've ever been afforded. And I want you to know tonight that I, I do not take this responsibility lightly. I give honor to the Executive Council. It truly has been the honor of a lifetime over the last almost four years to have served these great and I mean great men of God. Anybody thankful for our apostolic heroes tonight? To the many friends who have sent word that they are praying for me tonight, I, I want you to know that I thank you for those prayers and I have felt them and I thank God for your friendship. My family is here tonight, my mom and dad, my brother and his wife, Gavin and Valerie, youth pastors in Rialto, California. They're here, and I, I love my family. I love my wife, my two children. They are my world. And right now, my world consists of baby dolls and Hot Wheels, and when this is over tonight, I'm going back to my world. Amen. But I love you, Laura. I love you, Ava. I love you, Weston. And where would I be tonight without my pastor, my bishop? I thank God for my man of God. I know one thing for sure, I wouldn't be here tonight without you, Bishop Booker. And I love you. And there is no way I could ever repay you for the investment that you have made in my life except to preach truth. And that's what I will endeavor to do tonight. Give honor to the entire Booker family. They are more like family. I love you, Sister Booker. Pastor Joel and Sister Erica Booker, Philip and Jennifer, Larry and Sarah. Amen. John chapter 9 is where I'm reading from tonight. John chapter 9. Thank you, Brother McKillop, for that powerful word from God last night. Thank you, Brother Urshan, Bishop Holmes today. Looking forward to Brother Spell and Brother Walker tomorrow. Amen. God's been good to us. Anybody ready to have a little church tonight? John chapter 9, let's begin reading with verse 18. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked him, saying, Is this your son, who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son. And that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth we know not. 
or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. The Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he is of age. Ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. The blind man answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. I draw your attention tonight back to verse 21. The parents of the man who was born blind are answering the second question. They had already answered the first question. Is this your son who you say was born blind? They said, we know that this is our son. And we know that he was born blind. The second question was, well then how does he see? They said, but by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. One commentator said, he is of age means he is of sufficient age to give testimony. And that age among the Jews was set at 13 years. He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. I haven't come tonight to preach to preachers. I'm not qualified to do that. I haven't come tonight to preach to moms and dads. But I've come tonight to preach to thousands of young people who are of age. I've come to preach to some 12 and 13 and 14 year olds. I've come to preach to some 17 and 18 and 19 year olds. It's time to speak for yourself. It's time to speak for yourself. My subject tonight is speak for yourself. Would you set your Bibles down? Let's pray together and let's ask that the Holy Ghost would have its way tonight. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for this night. I thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. I'm asking you now, Holy Ghost, have your way. Let the will of God be done. I pray anoint these lips of clay. Hallelujah. 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 I feel the Holy Ghost in this room tonight. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. May I begin tonight by being so bold as to tell you that I am preaching for your response. However, I am not just preaching for your response tonight. 
Instead, I am preaching for your response after the last song has been sung, after the last note has been played, after the last preacher has closed his Bible, after the last amen has been said, after this arena has emptied and these lights have been turned off and the doors locked tomorrow night and you return home, back to your city, back to your church, back to your job, back to your high school, your college campus, back to your neighborhood, your community, the world that you live in. I am preaching for your response then. I am preaching for your response there. Please don't misunderstand me. I, I want you to respond tonight. If you feel like clapping your hands, I want you to know that your hand clapping will not make me nervous. If you feel like shouting unto God with the voice of triumph, I want you to know that your shouting will not make me nervous. If you feel like leaping for joy, I, I want you to know that your leaping will not make me nervous. If you feel like running the aisles or dancing before the Lord with all of your might, I want you to know on this Thursday night that your running and your dancing will not make me nervous. If you feel like foot stomping or holy rolling or getting so drunk in the Holy Ghost that you have to be carried out, I want you to know that you will not make us nervous. In fact, it wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit if we had an Acts chapter 10 experience tonight. The Bible says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. It wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit if while I was preaching the word, the Holy Ghost would fall and would saturate this house. I believe while I'm preaching the word, somebody can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe while I'm preaching the word, somebody can be delivered. I believe while I'm preaching the word, somebody can be healed. Somebody can receive their miracle. Because this is still an apostolic church. We make no apologies for who we are. We don't apologize for the way we act. We are still Pentecostal in our experience. And we are not ashamed of it. We're not ashamed of who we are. We're not ashamed of the way we act. I'm not ashamed that I clap my hands. I'm not ashamed that I shout unto God. I'm not ashamed that I leap for joy. I'm not ashamed that I dance. I'm not ashamed that I run. I'm not ashamed that every once in a while I get beside myself and have a Holy Ghost time. 
ashamed of what I believe and what I stand for. I'm not ashamed that I believe there is only one God. I don't believe there's two. I don't believe there's three. I don't believe there's 33 million. I believe, hero Israel, the Lord, your God, is one. I believe in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Word became flesh. I'm not ashamed that I believe. Beware lest any man spoil you. Through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men. After the rudiments of the world. And not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all. In him dwelleth all. Not 50%. Not three quarters. Not 99.9. Not almost. But in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. God was justified in the spirit. God was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. He was received up in the glory. And I'm not preaching this tonight because my bishop's sitting over there either. I'm not preaching this tonight because my mom and dad are somewhere over here. And this is how they raised me. And this is all I've ever known. I'm speaking for myself tonight. I believe this from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. I believe this. Let me answer the critics who want to know why we always have to preach this at our meetings. Because the world doesn't believe this. And somebody's got to step up and say, we're not going that way. That's not what we believe. I'm not ashamed that I believe there is only one way to be saved. It's not shaking a preacher's hand. It's not accepting the Lord as your personal savior. It's not signing a church roll. It's not being too good for hell. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be unkind. 
but he's the one that said it. He looked at Nicodemus and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again. Nicodemus said, What do you mean born again? Jesus said, Let me make it a little clear. Except a man be born of water. Except a man be born of the Spirit. I'm not ashamed that I believe in holiness unto God and separation from the world. I made up my mind a long time ago. I don't want the world. I don't want their television. I don't want their Hollywood. I don't want their movies. I don't want their music. I don't want their fashion. I don't want their sports. I know what I want. I want God's favor. I want God's anointing. I want his presence. And you can't have both. You can't have Hollywood and have his anointing. You can't have sports and have his favor. This is who I am. I'm an apostolic. I'm a Pentecostal. And I'm not ashamed of it. Nobody's forcing me to do this. Nobody's making me do this. I'm not doing this because of my pastor. I'm not doing this because of my youth pastor. I'm not doing this because of my mom and dad. I'm an apostolic because I want to be. I'm a Pentecostal because I truly believe there is no greater life. Let me tell you what does make me nervous. I get nervous when I go to a so-called Pentecostal church. And no one is clapping their hands. I get nervous when I go to a so-called Pentecostal church and no one is shouting unto God. I get nervous when I go to a so-called Pentecostal church and there is no leaping and there is no running and there is no dancing. I get nervous when I go to a so-called Pentecostal church and when Sunday night service is over, you can't tell they've been to church. That makes me nervous. Because that's not the kind of church I was born into. That's not the kind of church that I was raised in. That's not the kind of church that I'm a part of. I'm not talking about those times when the sweet presence of God comes in. 
and all you can do is sit and bask in it. I'm talking about dead church. I'm preaching about dead church tonight. It's not the will of God that we have dead church. It's not the will of God that we play games. It's not the will of God we have dry church. It's not the will of God that we have boring church. It's not the will of God that we have dead prayer meetings. It's not the will of God that we have dead worship services. It's not the will of God that we have dead singing and dead preaching and dead outreach and dead Sunday school and dead youth groups. You know what dead church produces? Empty altars and dry baptistries. You know what dead church produces? No anointing that's able to destroy the yoke of sin. You know what dead church produces? It produces no power that's able to heal and to set free. You know what dead church produces? No glory, no Shekinah, no presence of God. I stand here on this Thursday night and I say, no more dead church. I stand here on behalf of every alcoholic in your city and I say, no, my dead church. I stand here on behalf of every drug addict in your city and I say, no, my dead church. We ought to lift our hands right now and give him praise. Somebody lift your voice and give him praise right now. We can't afford to have dead church on Sunday morning. We can't afford to have dead church on Sunday night. We can't afford to have dead church midweek. We need the Holy Ghost every time we gather together. can do more in five seconds than AA could ever do. The Holy Ghost can do more in five seconds than chemotherapy, radiation could ever do. And it's not just your pastor's responsibility to make sure you don't have dead church. And it's not just your pastor's wife's responsibility to make sure you don't have dead church. 
is not just the praise and worship team's responsibility to make sure you don't have dead church. And it's not just the good elders in your church's responsibility to make sure you don't have good church. Shame on you if you let an elder outrun you. Shame on you if you let a gray-headed outshout you. But the moment you feel it begin to lock up, that's your cue. It's time to get out of my seat. It's time to clap. It's time to shout. It's time to run. Our cities don't need dead churches. What they need is a youth group. What they need is a young man. What they need is a 15-year-old who's been set on fire, who is burning with the Holy Ghost. This thing didn't start with the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. This thing didn't start with a group of people sitting around in a circle holding hands singing Kumbaya. This thing didn't start. This thing was not done in a corner, but it started 2,000 years ago in an upper room with 120. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared cloven tongues like as of and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost I know what kind of church I'm in tonight I'm in a one God I'm in a Jesus name I'm in a water baptized. I'm in a spirit field. I'm in a holy church. I'm in a separated church. I'm in a tongue talking church. I'm in a devil chasing church. I'm in a holy rolling church. I'm in an apostolic church. I'm in a Pentecostal church. And Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. The church isn't going down. The church isn't defeated. The church isn't losing. The church isn't barely making it. But it's alive. It's well. It's victorious. And I want to go on record tonight that I believe in the future of the apostolic church I don't believe the greatest days of the church are behind us 
I don't believe our greatest revivals are behind us. I don't believe our greatest outpourings are behind us. I don't believe our greatest miracles are behind us. I don't believe the greatest moves of God we've seen are behind us. But I believe that we are living right now in the greatest days of the church. I know it's the last days. I know perilous times will come. I know men will be lovers of their own selves. I know they'll be covetous and boasters and proud and blasphemers and disobedient. But can I remind you that's not all my Bible says about these last days. It also says in the last days saith God I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh I believe our greatest opportunity for revival is right now not yesterday not tomorrow but right now I believe our greatest opportunity for miracles, signs, and wonders is right now. I believe our greatest opportunity for an outpouring, an unprecedented outpouring of the Holy Ghost is right now. I believe that. I believe our greatest opportunity to literally impact our world is right now. if we believe that, then I've got a question for this generation. Why sit we here until we die? It's time to get up. It's not time to quit. It's not time to backslide. It's not time to walk away. It's time to get up. It's time to stand up. It's time to rise up. And it's time to speak for yourself. It's not time to sit down. It's not time to shut up. It's not time to be quiet. It's not time to hold our peace. When you go home Sunday morning, it's not time to sit down. It's not time to be quiet. When you go home Sunday night, it's not time to sit down. It's not time to be quiet. When you go back to work on Monday, it's not time to sit down. It's not time to be quiet. When you go back to school, it's not time to sit down. It's not time to be quiet. But it is time for this generation to lift their voice and to speak. I think we ought to lift our hands and love him one more time.
Come on, young man. Come on, young lady. It's not time to be ashamed. It's not time to be intimidated. It's not time to back up. It's not time to be quiet. It's not time to shut up. But it's time for this generation to speak. God didn't save you so you could just warm a pew. God didn't save you so you could just look pretty in the choir. There's over 7 billion people on this planet. You're not here by accident. You're not here by chance. You're not here by mistake. But he called you. He saved you. You have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Somebody is depending on you to open your mouth and to speak. Somebody's depending on you to let God use you. I'm hurrying. Somebody's depending on you to be used of God. Somebody's depending on you to get connected. Somebody's depending on you to tap into what God's doing. Somebody's depending on you. Come on, the days of playing church are over. The days of messing around are over. The days of playing games are over. Somebody's depending on you to get engaged. Somebody's depending on you to get involved. Somebody's depending on you to let God use you. Somebody's depending on you to be everything that God wants you to be. And I don't believe it's the will of God that we leave peak 2018 and go home to the way it was. And go home to the way it used to be. And go home to the status quo. And go home to the same old, same old. I don't believe it's the will of God that we go home to just being average. But I believe it's the will of God that we go home and we have revival. It's the will of God that we go home and we see outpouring. It's the will of God that we go home and we see miracles. It's the will of God that we go home and we have church. Here's how it's going to happen. I feel like the Holy Ghost spoke to my spirit today. And you said you and said you tell this generation that they cannot speak what they have not experienced. So I've come on this Thursday night to tell you it's time to have an experience. It's time to talk in tongues. 
It's time to get drunk in the Holy Ghost. It's time to get lost in the Holy Ghost. It's time to let God touch you. Come on, young man. Come on, young lady. I've come to wake you up tonight. I've come to shake you out of your indifference. I've come to shake you out of your lukewarmness. This is our day. This is our hour. This is our moment. Come on. It's time to rise. It's time to speak. I wonder all over this house if you would lift your hands and let the Holy Ghost touch you right now. Turn this entire arena into a prayer room right now.